In the late 16th century, Roanoke Island, off the coast of present-day North Carolina, was the site of one of the most puzzling disappearances in American history. In 1587, English settlers established a colony on Roanoke, led by John White. However, when White returned from a supply trip in England in 1590, he found the colony abandoned, with only the word Croatone carved into a post and crow etched into a tree. The fate of the lost colony has remained an enduring mystery, sparking various theories over the years. Some speculate that the settlers integrated with local Native American tribes, while others suggest they may have relocated and integrated into other English settlements. Lack of conclusive evidence has fueled numerous theories, including natural disasters, clashes with local tribes, and even the possibility of alien abduction. The Roanoke mystery serves as a reminder of the complexities of early colonization efforts and the challenges faced by settlers in unfamiliar lands. It's a historical enigma that continues to capture the imagination, leaving us to ponder what might have truly happened to those early pioneers. Now, on this episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast, Joey, Billy, and a special guest give their opinions on this ongoing mystery. Are the Dare Stones a clue to what happened to over a hundred English settlers? How did they disappear? The three of them will dive into this theory and try to shed light on the ongoing mystery of Roanoke. This episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast begins now. We're back, Joey. We are back. Another episode. We are out of Sleepy Hollow. Back to the studio recording. How's it going, brother? Back to the same old... No. <laughs> no, it's going good. That was uh, fun, though, right? Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. We're going to be doing a lot more. Th- thankfully, have... we didn't do it at night. Yeah, nighttime would have been um, walking <laughs> through that cemetery, Sleepy Hollow, the old Dutch cemetery would have been something else. But um, it was fun, and we're going to be having some more YouTube videos in the future, that one's going to drop soon. So mid-September, it's just a few weeks away before that airs. So I'm keeping everyone's uh, attention on the episode so you can find out when that happens. And today we got a special guest because we're going to be talking about some Roanoke, a colonization that just completely vanished. And uh, I brought on brought on a history buff and someone that is knowledgeable in this because this is his forte and he says what he likes. Welcome back, Nick. What's up, Billy? Thanks for having me. So, Nick, um, this was something that I had put up on the website. You reached out to me said this is one of your favorite subjects. So we um, decided to have you come back on. Nick was on two episodes so far, so this is your third. We had that UFO talk on the phone, and then you were on for the Cryptids Part 3 episode. Which was awesome. Which was cool. And now you're back for some, some Roanoke, which involves some history. It involves some conspiracy. And uh, it's, it was very interesting during the week. You know, I did a whole bunch of stuff. I read on it. I watched some videos on it. And it is something that is still to this day up in the air. No one knows what happens to those settlers. So I'll let you take it away. And uh, the stage is yours. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, so, like, I'll, I'll do a, a quick rundown of the history. And then I'll get into a couple of theories. I know, you know, we had talked off air about a couple of theories. Um, but real quick, Roanoke wasn't even a mystery until the 1800s. Honestly, it's, um, you know, we 
when I say we, I mean, when this country was being settled by Europeans and not settled, but colonized. Um, things got lost all the time. People got lost all the time and nobody cared. It was just part of the mission. It was, it was, you were in or you were dead, like kind of a thing. And um, honestly, until the 1800s and there was, and I had to look this guy's up, this guy up, um, George Bancroft. All right. In 1834, he came and he wrote uh, History of the United States, which is largely the way he's written is kind of like discounted now because he's kind of like a sensationalist. Um, but he attended a university in Germany, which I found really interesting was teachers at that university were the Brothers Grimm. So now, like when you think about that, so obviously he's going to be a little tainted and his, he's going to have a little bias in there. Uh, he's going to be looking for some supernatural elements. Um, and this became a mystery in the 1830s because he wanted to bring this as a historical figures, right? And it's funny because it's not even the first attempt that is historical. It's not even the second attempt that's historical. The, the colony that we talk about, the Lost Roanoke Colony we talk about, is the third attempt. There were two failed attempts before. They started in 1580, 1586, uh, actually 1585. Uh, Sir Walter Raleigh um, brought some people over, failed mission. They left. Native Americans were aggressive. They, that's, that's what I was reading at that. They couldn't food. They couldn't find food. The native Americans that were welcoming had problems with other tribes and people in the area. There was a lot of war and it was a failed attempt, like you were saying. Right. And it's not necessarily that the natives, the native Americans started out as, um, you know, like hostile, hostile, right. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Oh, I got you beat, but uh, you did. You got <laughs> me. Uh, it's a pronunciation thing though. So let's not go there. Um, uh, <laughs> but they didn't start off that way. They actually were pretty, pretty solid with each other, except the colonists kept needing more and more and more because they did not, they did not bring enough supplies and they did not know how to farm because these are people that are coming from England. And this is, this is actually England trying to give the big middle finger to Spain at this point, because Spain was actually like creeping into all of the, the war. They were trying, right. Yeah. This was before the war. They just wanted to stop Spain's expansion in the new world because England had nothing here. And so the queen, the Virgin queen, uh, Elizabeth the first, right? Elizabeth the first. She that's sent two. Uh, that's right. You did get me. <laughs> right, don't worry. I'll get you on the third one. Um, so she sent them over here. Failed expedition. He leaves somebody behind. Um, Lane, Ralph Lane. Now Ralph Lane really agitates the Native Americans. Like, and he does not have the patience of Sir Walter Raleigh, and um, he gets into it with one particular. Uh, I think they're. Hold on. They're not Croatoan. These are the Secotoan or Secotan. There you go. Secotan Native Americans. He gets into it with one of their chiefs. And somewhere along the lines. I got to do it. I got two words for you. Secotan. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm immature. I know. But go ahead. <laughs> well, I think we I all had are. to do it. Um, so they behead this guy. And now some of the, it, it, sometimes it goes to Ralph Lane and, and, but more times than not, it goes to one of his men and he takes credit for it. They behead this guy. Bad look. Now there's bad relations, like really bad relations. Wait, the Native Americans beheaded, beheaded this guy? No, or they Ralph, beheaded Ralph Lane beheads or Ralph Lane's men behead a Native American chief. Oof. Okay. And so now there's not really great relations. John White, who had been in the first colony who had been here with Walter Raleigh. He had taken notes. He had taken mapping. He was a cartographer at that point. I think like a, you know, an amateur one. He goes back and they send the second mission back. The second mission comes here and sees um, nothing, right? They don't see these, these men. They had left and, or they had died and they didn't want to stay. So now the second mission is like, no, no, no. We don't want to stay here either. They leave 15 men behind. 
third mission comes. John White convinces like his personal friends because Raleigh is like adamant. He needs to stop the Spanish expansion. Third mission. All they see when they first come back, and they weren't even going to go settle in Roanoke. They were actually going to move further away from Roanoke um, to a more fortified area to protect them from Spanish attack, right? A native attack. All they find is bleached bones of the 15 men left behind. Mm. But like the smart people that they are, they don't move further. They stay there. Now, what you've talked about in past episodes about negative energy just staying with the place, right? You come to a location and all you find are bleached bones and you want to stay? Is that something you would do? No. Joey, was that something you would do? I don't know. It depends on who bleached the bones. <laughs> well, um, they, they, it wasn't peroxide bleaching. I'll put it to you that way. Okay. Uh, so, but John White, he had been here in the first mission and he didn't have a terrible relationship with those natives. So he's like, let's start over. But they don't hear anything. Right. And now you're still in this area where you found 15 dead men's bones. You don't hear anything. So the colonists are getting nervous. Like they're stupid enough to stay there, but now they're getting nervous. So they see what they think is a Secatan tribe member and they shoot at them, but they're not Secatans, they're Croatoans. And so now they're like, oh, now they got to, they got to even rehash that. Now they got to be like, we're sorry, we didn't mean it, friendly fire. And, you know, they, they say that they're good, but we know what happened, right? Um, the colonists there, they go on their business, nothing's going on. The colonists there. They say to John White, look, we don't have enough supplies. We don't want to keep doing this to the natives. You need to go back. You need to go back. You need to go back. 1587. They, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to go. They make him sign a, they, he, he makes them sign a contract. Let me add something to this. Mm -hmm. At that time, he was with his daughter, and his daughter was pregnant with their first child, his first grandchild. And he, let, he, was, he was forced to leave, as you were alluding to. But I just want to throw it out there that he had a granddaughter grandchild on the way mm -hmm. his daughter was there and his daughter's husband correct okay so you're talking about eleanor and i can't the husband's name i, I couldn't find a pronunciation i, I think never, it's an ace but i'm not 100 yeah, percent. I, I never found actually didn't get the husband's name i just know that his daughter eleanor and the child to be were, and the child well were, he didn't leave until she was born and she's actually the first i think if i read this right she's the first english-born citizen in yes, north america yes, and that's she was. that's virginia dare Mm. You know, we're talking about Virginia Dare in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. um, Eleanor Dare gave birth to Virginia Dare. And then they convinced, the colonists convinced this guy. Now, these are his friends, but he doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to leave his stuff. Not even so much his family. He's worried about all the stuff he's collected over time, his maps and his personal belongings. He makes them sign a contract. Like, we won't mess with your stuff. He leaves them an out. Look, if there's a problem, put this cross up. It's a particular cross that will tell him, like, that there was an enemy attack and they needed to leave under fire. He leaves. Not planning to stay very long in England. He's just going to get a resupply from Sir Walter Raleigh. Uh, unfortunately, he Bad goes... time to leave. Bad timing, right? Goes back right into the English-Spanish War. Takes him three years to get back. And yeah, the, the, the uh, Elizabeth I, mm -hmm. I believe, was not having him go back right away. Her, her, her focus was all the funds and money they had, which pounds, yeah? Mm-hmm that was going to be put towards this war that was happening with the, with the Spaniards. Right. Right. And he couldn't leave. So he had to end up staying there for three whole years. He wanted to go back on the boat. She wasn't having it. Right. And the last thing that her last concern was trying to colonize in the Newfoundland. It was just not happening. This was her focus was the war. Right. So he ended up staying 
for three years. Right. And, and part of that was a lot of the ships were being used as privateers um, and they were being used basically to attack any Spanish vessel, whether it was to bring money back to the empire or to just knock out these Spanish vessels. They didn't the have two best naval fleets from that time period all the way up to revolutionary times was the Spanish fleets and the English fleets. That's kind of going back to when we were in Sleepy Hollow. If they had gotten the um, plans to West Point, the importance of that was for the fact that it was a waterway. It was the whole the whole waterway would have took the, the, the English to West Point and would have screwed everything up. And that's why the naval fleets that were top tier from that time period, late 1600s, all the way to the Revolutionary War were the Spanish Navy and the English Navy. I mean, you know, that's the reason that the English were so dominant. That's why you have the expression, the sun never set on the English Empire was their Navy. And <clears throat> Spain at the time had the Armada. So that's like you said, those are the two best navies in the world. And they're going back and forth trading shot for shot. So you could imagine that that's like... Um, I don't even know of anything equivalent in today's day and age, except for maybe when we were in Afghanistan, we we're going shot for shot with the people that were there who knew the environment um, versus our soldiers who just made a bad, better equipment, but they didn't know the environment. It's like walking into the American Revolution when the English would come here, but the farmers knew the land and that's why they were so good. Um, but except this is naval warfare instead, right? So finally, I don't, I don't recall exactly. He convinces somebody and it isn't necessarily even the queen. He convinces just some ship to take him. He gathered, from what I understand, after that three-year period, he was able to get about another 10 to 15 ships to follow him back to the Newfoundland, to go back to Roanoke, and everything's through coordinates. So imagine how hard it was. Three months to get back with those 15 ships, and he came back with uh, militia, like military personnel. Except there was a problem. Mm -hmm. When he gets back, there ain't nobody there. Okay. And it doesn't look like signs of distress. That cross isn't up. They find two things. They find Croatoan carved into a fence post, and they find the letters C-R-O or Crow carved into a tree. No cross that he said. If it, you know, And they had seen structures were taken down. Um, he did eventually find some of his stuff buried and was destroyed by weathering or raids or what have you. And he, he had some kind of a clue that maybe they had moved um, – inward or inland or rather towards a more secure location. But the vessel he did actually secure to bring him, they were more interested. There were some people in the, in the sea that they wanted to act, like I said, privateers. And they were like, no, 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 it's more profitable to us. So they never ended up managing to go track down these colonists that they may have had a general idea of where they were, but that was it. And that was it. They were gone. And he actually came back days or on the day of what would have been his granddaughter's third birthday from my understanding. And when he got back, I wanted to add it in there. It didn't look like the colony was ransacked. It looked as if it never existed. As you said, the only thing they he found was the carvings on the tree and some of his belongings. It looked like the entire colony just vanished. Like it was never there. Right. There was no signs of battle there was no signs of anything being there. There was just nothing. It was like he went there and he was like, what happened? It is completely gone. That's the mystery aspect of Roanoke. Right. Now, again, 
there are some things that aren't really well known. Like we, those, those, those are, that's straight timeline. Okay. And the reason I wanted to start with that is because that kind of sets up the, the motions here. And there was a map eventually found. I mean, there's all kinds of societies now and all kinds of people who are trying to prove or disprove where this thing is. Because like I said, once 1830s hit, this became a mystery that has literally, it has taken the interest of this country for over 200, no, 200 years, uh, almost 200 years now and, and put it on its backbone. Like we want to know where these people went. And, you know, there's various theories and we'll get into them. But what came up was they found one of his maps and something that's not well known. And even I didn't really know this that much until I was doing some more research. Um, he had some like invisible drawings on this map of some forts that right. Spanish didn't know about. And invisible ink. Very big thing in this time period. Now, I don't know the, the, the chemistry to do it, but at the time... Pirates literally use invisible ink on treasure maps to hide certain details of where treasure was buried. It's like, it's like in that movie with Nicolas Cage, uh, National Treasure. Mm -hmm. yeah. On the back of the Constitution, right? <laughs> yep. But you know what? You I think th there's something on the back of the Constitution? I don't think we'll ever know. Okay. And <laughs> so if you're you listening, we're not chances. trying to find out. <laughs> um. No, but honestly, you know, when you look at great works of fiction, that obviously they find some basis in reality. And I should have thought then that there was some kind of basis and this wasn't just some convoluted idea that a Nicolas Cage movie, although if you watch Nicolas Cage movies, they do come up with some pretty crazy ideas, that this was based in some kind of reality based, everything else was right. in that movie. Like there was a lot of factual things. Now, whose who's forts were there? And like, so the colony knew about the forts, obviously, right? Um, I don't know if they were Spanish. It's not, it doesn't really, it doesn't really distinguish if they were, had been Spanish forts or they had just, um, other colonists had come, not colonists, I shouldn't say colonists, but other explorers had come and gotten there a little earlier. Cause it wasn't just Raleigh who had gotten there, obviously. Columbia. So it was Raleigh's maps though? No, they were John White's maps. Cause oh, John White maps. was with Raleigh in that original colonization effort. Right. Um, and that's why White was always the one pushing and pushing and pushing. And he was always on Raleigh's side to get a new colony up because he knew there was some good stuff there. Um, there's some metal that they found with Native American tribes there, particularly that like that's that's really where Ralph Lane got into it with the Native Americans because he knew that there was some really valuable metals and he was trying to get them. Was so, there any well, gold in North Carolina ever? I don't know if it was gold so much or if it was like – the best way I could put it is like a copper and a steel, not steel because steel is man-made, but like something that would be better put to use in a military or to make him money at the time. And since at right. that time there was a war, military grade metals are important. Gold, not necessarily. Yeah, Right. So if there was gold, you know, the queen would have been all over that. She right. There wouldn't have been, we don't have to worry about going back. Like, yeah. but even we're, then. We're sending everybody to go get that gold. Right. And if, But if memory serves, I'm pretty sure they... The, the Native Americans got their revenge on Ralph Lane at one point. I think they tied him to a tree and left him there to be eaten. So we were talking about minerals and, and, and stuff like that. So I watch, because we like hiking, uh, a lot of videos. Um, one guy in particular, I wish I remembered his name offhand, but, I, but Obsidian is a really hard, like, it's, a, it's hard to describe. It's cross kind of like maybe a mineral but it's, it's a rock and you can find it near mountain mountainous terrain um places where there's a lot of rock and it's a black glassy like yeah, i have a almost looks of, like a mirror except it's black yeah. right so obsidian is can be found in eastern united states in the states of virginia pennsylvania and north carolina now what you could do obsidian is you could actually sculpt it to make 
arrowheads, things that are sharp, and f- like fortify other tools that you are building. You can imagine now, bayonets having those on the end of them. I, yes and no, but very, very valuable to the natives at that time because they were making arrowheads, arrowheads out of types of stone and definitely obsidian. So you guys are talking about if there was gold there or other or other minerals or things of value. That's something that was not easy to find because you actually have to break rock to find obsidian. Right. If and I, that's I gold to them. Yes. That's gold to them. So that's one something that, that is something that could be possibly uh, of value. But Right. I mean, I didn't even think of that. That 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 didn't come up, but that's that's interesting because it, it's valuable and right, everything's always value in the eye of the beholder. So like if you hear rumors and it's rumors because it's valuable to them, now all of a sudden Ralph Lane thinks, Hey, I'm gonna find this. First form energy drink got me fucking thinking, bro. Listen, I'm telling you, these things are great. <laughs> I'm not an ad, but these things are it's fantastic. Not an ad. It's 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 the I'm just totally just saying, like, got me thinking. You're welcome. Woo! Um but uh all right, so like I don't want to get too deep. Too, too deep into that. Uh, he gets back. They leave. He wants to find it, but he never does. They find these maps recently. Um, and they kind of think that maybe the group split. And this is where I'm going to get into one of the very first theories, which is integration. All right. Uh, one of the theories is that they integrated, these, these colonists integrated into native tribes. Now, <clears throat> not necessarily, again, this is not, Crow, uh, this is not uh, Roanoke anymore. We're going to talk about Jamestown. 1607, they start to fe- um, they start to make Jamestown. Jamestown's actually about to go down the same way as as Roanoke in 1608 until they get a resupply. 1610, and I had to write the guy's name down. Let's see if I wrote it down. Uh, John Lawson. Uh, no, not John Lawson. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't write his name down there. So in 1610, though, there's a, a thing where they find, um, there's a, a, a statement where they find like these, these natives and they talk about... Um, these people wearing sleeved clothing. Now, natives don't wear sleeved clothing at the time. Native Americans, they don't. Um, the only people that would be wearing sleeved clothing would be these Europeans that had integrated. And so 1610 is roughly 20 years after the disappearance. 1607 is exactly 20 years after the disappearance because they, you know, he leaves in 1587, gets back in, in 1590, so 20 years, give or take. And they, he thinks he hears this rumor about the colonists being integrated into the... Uh, Croatoan tribe, which is now on Hatteras, Hatteras or Hatteras Island, which is what it now called, and um, that they were there for a while, for those 20 years, until the Powhatan natives, who had issues with like all these other natives in the general area, were, were wreaking havoc and killed everybody, except for seven. And then there's a reason I'm going I'm to hold that number to you for a minute. There's seven remaining colonists from the original uh, Roanoke colony. Mm-hmm. That tracks with something that we'll talk about in a little while when we get to the dare stones. So I know I, I'm, I'm seeing I'm peaking your interest. So. No, I know where you're going. I've, I've heard, I, I know what you I don't know what you're going to say, but I think I think I know what you're going to say with those seven people. But um, I wanted to just point out there just for historical reasons, talking about a lot of mutual animosity between tribes. So I just want to put it out there without putting too much out there. The Native American tribes battled and had some very horrific tit for tats with one another. So there's this 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 idea out there that because people came from overseas that we caused war and plague. Now the plague part, yes, because we brought totally different types of diseases from over there, right? Mm-hmm. But Native American people were very 
very tribal. Tribal, tribal. Yeah, with one another. So we don't really talk. And being that I quite frankly like to give a lot of facts and I don't hold things back. Native Americans were very tribal with one another. There was tribes that, that bonded with one another. And then there was tribes that wanted to kill one another. So this, this idea that because settlers came from across the pond to the Newfoundland, modern day United States, and they were the ones solely that brought war and famine and, and all this here is bogus because a lot of stuff was going on that's not really talked about amongst Native American tribes. So I just wanted to throw that out there. You guys that are listening can literally Google and read the history, history out now. That it wasn't all butterflies and rainbows and and you know the Thanksgiving tales that we that we hear today. It was horrific, and the torture methods and the way they killed each other was absolutely mind boggling. Right. Yeah. I mean, it it goes all the way back to and not all the way back, but um, competing tribes in in uh, in Mexico, Aztecs and the Mayans. Apocalypto. Um, yeah, it's a per- perfect example of you know what really took place and and obviously if if an island is left alone to its own devices there's going to be factions and separate governments and like we're now discovering that in the amazon like all throughout the amazon because of the because of lidar there was a civilization of like 300 million people at one time in the amazon and leading all the way up into the mayan and aztec civilizations so you're talking about a lot of people were all these people governed by one governing body or were there factions of, of, you know, governance throughout, you know, North America and South America? And of course there's going to be war and look, look, look at now, like obviously we're, we're a country in the United States, but all these, all these different States have different legislations, different laws and different, you know, rules and regulations. No one can really come to a consensus on what should be the, the land of the law and that's why we're we're so divided in this country today there's no doubt about it a civilization that's that's closed off closed knit from an, from other parts of the world is going to be divided well but then they'll have like a common enemy now when there's new colonizers coming in just to chime in we actually do have something that's supposed to dictate the decisive we do throughout the 50 <laughs> states but just nowadays we just don't listen to it or or we want to we want to erase things. We want to add new ones, and well, maybe that's because they're unwritten. I'm not even gonna get. I'll just throw out there that there was there is a governor in one of the 50 states that said something absolutely out of out of left field today. That's like totally unconstitutional. So things like that, right? That that go against what you're saying is that there is a form of rules and written many years ago. But history repeats itself. It's but, never. No one's. There's always going to be a rebellion of some sort whenever some any kind of rule of law is made for a land. There's always going to be dissenters, people who don't agree. You oh, know, I, no I, matter what you do in any great nation. I am so happy you said history repeats repeats itself. Like, what is the basis for every democracy in today's day and age? What is the greatest democracy that everybody bases their democracy on? You know, Rome. Do you know, not Rome. <laughs> I had to say it. <laughs> no, don't say it again. No, it's actually Greece. Right? Look at that. And Greece you're was wrong. not the- You're absolutely wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> but there were there were factions in Greece. There were different kings. Right. And there there was, were different There know. are different islands. 
These are all different islands, right? They're, they're all different governments, but the they Arcadians came. The Arcadians and the, the right. Trojans. So now what united them was a common enemy, right? And that's, you know, you would think that that's the prevalent theory is when you get united by a common enemy, all of a sudden, all that bad blood goes away. Yeah, it does in the moment. Think about how New Yorkers felt and the United States felt. And I don't, during, I don't say this during, flippantly. September 11th. Yeah. Or, not even September 11th, but September 12th. Think yep. about how the United States felt on September 12th, Right. I don't say it flippantly and I don't mean that to like offend anybody, but like seriously, just think about how everybody wanted to watch everybody else's back the next day. Mm-hmm. Where'd that go? It's 20 years ago. That's, that's relatively short span of time when we talk about historical facts, right? But And you, I, could, I, you could see how fast people forget and, and the, the, the disappearance of like the togetherness and the, the, the wholesomeness that it, that it brought together the country for a little, for a little while. And now it's like... it. it 20 years, such a short amount of time. And this is what I think about Roanoke. It only became a thing in the 1800s, right? 300 years go by. Imagine imagine today, no one talks about 9-11. 300 years go by, and all of a sudden, now it's this great mystery in the United States that people want to know about, and they're trying to study about it and trying to find videos. How or, did Building 7 go Yeah, down? How, exactly. How did Building, you know, like, there's got... My point is, is that like, because, because it took so long, 300 years is a long fucking time, right. 20 years, just look at the difference that 20 years made in New York City or just in the country in general, how people forget so quickly what we went through. Right. So a person, a so person, just a imagine person. 300 years. No, no one really knows what the fuck took place in Roanoke. It could have been, they could have just all decided, hey, we're just going to branch off and be nomadic and live off the countryside because there's no food, there's no farming, that we don't know what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Or they could have gotten even integrated in, into the um, indigenous culture to begin with. Like maybe they took them in as their own or, you know, my personal favorite, they they just burned them all. <laughs> right. So there, there's some interesting things. I promise you we'll get into them. Yeah, Nick, go ahead. Keep 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 flowing. So like- Or there was alien abductions. I just got to- All right. It. You're going to get into I, that I, one. No, 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 no. I, I won't. I just- No, no. I need you to because that was one I could not find. Like you told me about this and I was- I'll be very honest with you. It. People say it, but I, I haven't heard anything about it. It it's it was in there in the vastness of, of, of the Google. Theories. Of, of theories. I'm not, I do not, so I'll, I'll say this now. I do not believe those 100, 110 final colonists, because this was a, a three-take thing, three strikes. Right. I do not think they were abducted by aliens. Okay. So you, I'm just letting you know that it is a theory that is out there. I don't buy it 100%. But Nick, continue. All right. So now you, you did talk about 100. So that's where integration becomes kind of problematic because these next aliens- week's news, the fucking aliens drop off the Roanoke. <laughs> <laughs> what is this the 4400 Billy, Billy we have another episode to do man they're back <laughs> manifest season 6 um, so you know you did say 100 it's about 100 110 people now that, that that's roughly what it was and it becomes problematic because no native tribes going to take them in so that's where the theory that they split comes into play and that's why um, it's white right here <laughs> That's Brandon, by the way. Yeah, that is Brandon. Who, who looks amazingly awesome. just like your dad is a little mini me. Uh, anyways, so I'm going to get into my first really out there theory in right now. I'm going to I'm going to jump a little bit, but I want to get into this first theory. So now Croatoan, right? Into a Croatoan. Croatoan was a tribe. There were multiple tribes there in the area. Obviously, I told you, um, you know, your Sucka tribe, your Sekatan tribe. 
Uh, they also had the whip. Mm-hmm. This is you're gonna make fun of me now because I can't pronounce some of these. Uh, Waypan Miak, the Chowanak, and the Croatoan were all there, right? So now, can I just add something real quick? I, I don't, I don't know how true this is, but my father swears to this day, and when we're done recording, we can ask him that there's Native American blood in my family, Algonquin to be exact, which would be these tribes. Just food for thought. If if I have any fans out there, I'm. Are you trying to say you're a lumbie? I may be able to get college, for free. Just throwing it out there. But proceed. That was just a random. I mean, you could you could work for Starbucks and get into college for free too. So I'm just saying. Their coffee sucks. Sorry. Except in it's November. Sucks. Okay, leave my lattes alone. Um, so now let's talk about Croatoan. Now, this is a word that everybody knows this word, right? This is, this is the pop culture reference of Roanoke, Croatoan. You've seen it on Supernatural. This is really what drove me to really like Roanoke, the, the episode where it's a virus, right? And that's kind of how they, they apply it. But let's talk about the Croatoan curse that I was reading about in a couple of books that I was looking up. Edgar Allan Poe. Everybody knows Edgar Allan Poe, right? Really famous author. Well, he went into a delirious uh, delirium at one point in his life. And you know, one of the words he said when he was delirious, grow a tone, Amelia Earhart. Everybody knows Amelia Earhart, right? Disappeared. What's written in her journal? Crow a Uh, black Bart, famous outlaw written in his cell on the wall, carved into the wall. Crow a gets out. Never heard from again the day after. Hmm. Now this person, I don't know. Ambrose Bierce. Okay. Carved into his bedpost. This is an author. Carved. Spider? Croatoan. Must be Croatoan. <laughs> carved into a bedpost before For the vanishing. listeners, I just saved Nick. He, right. That that was my life right there. Flash before lies. I was it like, was about to just be on your head. Just yeah, that. You know what? Make a nest up there. I, I don't have enough hair. Maybe he can put a web up there. Um, last page. You walked the, out with a toupee. <laughs> <laughs> you just denied him Spider Man powers. <laughs> or if I'm Peter Griffin. I end up in the hospital because of radiation, right? Um, last page of the logbook of the Carol A. Deering, which is, is a ship. And I, the way it's spelled, it, it, it makes me think that Lewis Carroll, right? Because it's spelled the same way as Lewis Carroll's name. It's in the logbook on the last page. The ship runs aground with no passengers, no crew, I didn't hear nothing. Okay. And this happens in Cape Hatteras, Hatteras Island. That was that was that was mine. Don't worry about AirPods, it. AirPods, Croatoan. <laughs> so now we've got all these people and all these events saying Croatoan. All disappearing, all going crazy, all never to be seen again. I don't know if you want to go that route and you say maybe there and and we do know that at the time Native Americans were partaking in some form of drugs and negative energy is involved. And we, and I think we can agree that there's some negative Joju going on with this colony being it's the third time. And the third maybe, group that maybe shows Crow up. Maybe Croatoan is a demon and he writes shit. Well, how about this? Let people know he's there. How about this? Let's go this, right? I know you've talked about him twice. Hatman? Hatman. I don't know you're going to say that. I don't know, but that's weird. But I was thinking... That like you know he shows I'm not up going on and any long distance trips witnesses in a these very things. Long time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> right, he's always the, he's always there witnessing. Doesn't involve himself anymore. And I'm going to say anymore because maybe this is 
this Hatman creature has involved itself in all these past instances. So that's a wild theory that I was I just came up with it. Su- like, I'm actually surprised like this. with this theory. So I, I gotta I gotta I gotta go into this. So Crotonin was a tribe that was south of Roanoke, correct? Uh, a little south, yes. Yes. Little south. And we all, if you guys listen to the podcast repeated, you know, repetitively, um, Native Americans, all tribes, I'm not going to sit here and name all of them because there's so many. They all have very, very superstitious beliefs and demons and, and these animals and all sorts of stuff that are very superstitious and lead to a lot of paranormal shows and stories and so on and so forth. Now, we go to Utah, Nevada, and we hear about the Skinwalker and everything that comes with the Skinwalker. Um, There's tales northeast because the Native American tribe in Utah and Nevada, um, Skinwalkers, they're they're go-to demonic superstition or tale. In northeast, there's different tales, different Native American tribes. Now, it is very possible that whatever these colonizers came there and did to the Native Americans, if you believe in curses and superstition like that, it's a very strong possibility. They cursed anybody. Who's- they cursed anyone that went to that land. Um, but Nick's now venturing off to say that Amelia Earhart, she put somewhere croatonin. You know, and a ship that I didn't even—I didn't even know can, about. Can this we ship. make correlations? All these people that put Croatoan, what's their lineage? That's interesting. I—I I didn't look to think that up and look that up, but that's interesting that you bring that up because if if you can trace them back to that Carolinas area or those colonists like the Lumbee or just Eng- the English in general, right? Well, like if they're all English, let me ask you something. Carolay Deering is definitely an English ship. The Carolay Deering is definitely an English right. ship. So, Joey, I'm going to ask you to do a quick Google because we're onto maybe onto something. This is probably something people have done already. But find out where Amelia Earhart left for her adventure. And there's the spelling for the Carolay Deering ship. If you want to look that up, when she took flight, where did she come out of? Because if it's from North Carolina, then we might have something. It's interesting, right? North Carolina, the the Wright brothers, right? Is the first. Yeah, I'm almost 100 percent positive that's where flight first, was born. Yes, flight flight was born. Well, at least our version of flight. So I mean, Leonardo da Vinci allegedly had the whole. So if, she departed from Oakland. California. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, okay. But where's she from? Is she from California? At that time period, probably. Hmm. Maybe. Joey's doing a quick uh, Amelia. Well, while he's looking that up, um, you know, you're bringing that up, Joey. Uh, Joey, Billy. You're bringing that up about the demonic, right? What's interesting, which you don't, you might not know about the Croatoans and the Sikato, the Sikotans, they were more like, um, they were very Protestant-like. And I wrote this down because I thought it was very important. Um, the Croatoans, their tribal chiefs were tasked with bringing respect and money back to the tribe. And they held their religious beliefs more in line with Protestant than Catholic, which is interesting because you talk about Protestants are from England, right? That's more of a Protestant state at that point or country. And they only believe in heaven and hell. There's no such thing as purgatory. Mm-hmm. So just I, I found that that was an interesting little like coincidence. She was British. So there you go. She's British. All right. So who else? Who else? Uh, so that's Cat- actually interesting. So she's, she's one of the. She's, who so- else wrote Croatoan? Black Bart. 
I think that was in the 1800s. I want to say like 1818 or somewhere around there. But Black Bart was a, a criminal. I think he was a criminal out west. So Amelia Earhart was British, British, which she disappeared and then wrote Crow. And I'm almost 100% certain that the Carol A. Deering ship is a British ship. And Black Bart? Now you're talking about a Western guy, right? A uh, Western criminal. Pretty famous at the time, I believe. In the 1800s. So like cowboy-esque At story. that time, right. Like like the old-fashioned... So what's the odds that he's British? Black Bart. What's his real name? That I don't know. I didn't, I didn't look too... De- I didn't delve too much famous, into this. He was a famous stagecoach robber, right? In North Carolina. So we have... Is he British? Yeah, it says it here. The it, fuck? It says North Carolina. <laughs> Black Bart 18, died 1882. I'm just looking up his real... Is that his real name? It, it says here, uh, Charles Earl uh, Bowles? Bowles or Bowles. Bowles yeah. yeah. Also known as Charles Bolton. C.E. Common Arrow. Was a gentleman bandit. Yeah, he was a stagecoach robber. In North, North Carolina. In, in North Carolina in 1870 to 1880s. But he was born in Norfolk. Oh, wow. He is British. English. He is North, so, I mean, British. Like, North Carolina. So British. Who else, who else? Uh, look up the Carol A. So, so yeah. So, we're connecting dots here, these here. people. And these are... and and. Now I didn't I didn't read as in depth that you did, but these people did have Croatone somewhere in 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 their history. They wrote it down somewhere and then ended up like uh, like leaving somewhere, right? Allegedly, these are all alleged. Like, alleged. I mean, okay. Like, I, I I haven't been to their jail cells or their bedposts. No, check, because but... if it if it's factual that they wrote this Croatone down and the we're picking up on on where they're from and the areas they were in, like uh, Black Bart stagecoach robbing and stuff like that. There's a very big connect the dots there to. I mean, I read a couple of these things in a couple of books that I got out of, um, you know, actually went and did some research in an actual library. And I was reading, I believe the, the one where I was getting all of these names with the Croton curse. And I made the, 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 the phrase Croton curse, but with all these Croton references was from, I believe it's from the History Channel. So it's, I would assume they have some pretty reputable sources that in writing of this text. Okay. Um, but I just found it really interesting that all these people had this Croatone written there. And you're talking about, and I'm going to go back now. I don't want to get too far into my other theory because I want, I want to get into that a little bit. Um, but let's talk about, let's take a quick aside. So Carol, <laughs> another, this is another North Carolina coincidence. It says <laughs> Carol A. Deering was an American five-mastered commercial schooner. What's a schooner? Launched it's a big in, ship. Uh, 1919 and found runaround without its crew off Cape Hatteras Hatteras in right. North Carolina, which is where the Croatoans went in January. That's fucking that's wild. that's where the Croatoan island was based out of Hatteras Island. That's what it's called now. Has anyone ever talked about the the I I've heard about Roanoke and watched a show on it probably like three times in my I guess tenure of being into paranormal occurrences and things like that. Now, what we're doing right now and connecting the dots to Amelia Earhart, Black Bart, and this ship, has that been done? Not to my knowledge. I'm sure that they've probably posited theories that there's connections, but I mean, like, I didn't take the time to look to see if these people were all based. I knew that... Because I just Googled Amelia Earhart uh, writing Croton, 
and I couldn't find anything immediately. I would have to comb through the, the, the search research, research results. Um, but if she did write something with Croatone on it, that would be pretty significant to what we're, you know, connecting the dots right now, to be honest with you. Well, uh, let me see. I might have it in Joey's my... fingers are flying right now. Yeah, I know. He's, he's definitely, he's really getting into this fact that they're all connected. Uh, let me open this. So during the, the last, I can't, couldn't find anything definitively on her lineage, but it says, uh, the last name Darian is English pre seventh century. So it, and it, uh, the original spelling of it was D E O R I N G. So, She's definitely English or English descent and has that connection to North Carolina with her last voyage and disappearing. I want to know what Nick is, if Nick was where she wrote Croatoan somewhere, if where, you know, where she wrote it, because if she wrote that and in this jail cell of Black Bart, there was Croatoan on there and we're connecting dots from everyone being, you know, British and disappearing with that with that name written down somewhere. That's pretty like. You know, you can't sugarcoat that's uh, ironic. It's not a conspiracy. Did Edgar Allan Poe disappear? Like, what's the story with him? No, but he did delve into deliriousness um, and delirium. So, like, I don't know. So his, it's, mind it's, is gone. his mind is gone. He's still there, but his mind is gone. His cottage is... Um, not too far from here. Is in um, near Kingsbridge. They moved it from Fordham, I believe, and, and moved it over to somewhere in Kingsbridge. Not far. I've actually reached out to them... Um, for a tour, I don't, I don't tell them that we're like crazies that investigate this stuff. <laughs> but um, it's a little rough area to try to go over there, though, to be honest with you. But the uh, Edgar Allan Poe, what's his his connection to to England? Is there any? Uh, I'm I'm looking here. I'm I'm seeing Ireland, but I could be wrong. Okay, let's see what Nikki pulled up here. Um, somewhere in there. Roanoke, I'm just going to read. Roanoke has casts, can be seen in many... You can shrink it if you need to. Yeah, let me just read what he pulled up here. That's, again, that's straight out of the text from the history... Uh, to now, history what text. is this in regards to? This is all... Oh, so Edgar Allan Poe's English, too. So... And he was all about the gothicness, so... So there's a lot of affiliation with these people that mysterious... And things that mysteriously vanished and then wrote Croatone on there. Mm-hmm. So this curse that, you, that you're alluding to actually is a thing. Let me read this real quick. Um, thousands of visitors came, come to Roanoke Island every year, both for the natural beauty and the originally won over the early settlers. And because of the enduring mystery of this lost colony, the spell that Roanoke has cast can be seen in many rumors surrounding its legend. It is said that on his deathbed, Edgar Allan Poe, in his delirium, whispered Croatoan, said, the word is reportedly scribbled in a journal of Amelia Earhart's. It was supposedly seen carved into the bedpost where Arthur Ambrose Bierce slept before his vanishing in 1913. Stagecoat robber Black Bart is said to have scratched it on the wall of his cell before he was released from prison in 1888, never to be seen again. According to rumor, the last page of the logbook for a Carol A. Deering ship was the word, word Croatoan. In 1921, the ship ran aground on Cape Hatteras with no one aboard. The impact of Roanoke can be seen in modern culture today. TV shows such as Supernatural, Sleepy Hollow, and Mindhunters 
have all referenced it. Mindhunters is that Netflix show that got canceled, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah, they're trying the, to bring about the back. FBI agents, yep. Yeah, they're trying to bring back. In 2016, the cable network FX debuted the sixth season of an anthology drama series, American Horror Stories. And yes, Roanoke was in there. I remember watching that. So this is interesting stuff right here. Like, this is all connected, if true, because this is just... Right, they're all alleged. Alleged. This is rumor. And what, what book was that? I will bring you the book next time. Uh, I just want to reference it because we're, uh, we're mentioning it now. I don't know that I didn't. I didn't really. I have it. It's at home, and I will send you a text. Um, and then that know. is a turn I didn't expect the episode to take because that's all very, very like that's like you want to connect dots. Everyone that was mentioned there was English and disappeared supposedly with the word Croatoan affiliated with their disappearances. I wish I had the the title, but it's just something I was like, I was going through the library's catalog and I was like, just looking up all the books that I could. And I'm I, impressed you went to a library for this episode, ma'am. I am all about the old fashioned research because you know, you can find a lot online. You know, 90% of, of archeology span is done in the library. I believe it. I believe it because that's not have... an Indiana Jones reference though. No, actually, no, it is. He did say that. Oh, well, you, you got me there. I don't know. I've seen the movies. I haven't seen the last one, but uh, I've seen enough of them to know um, what goes on, that it's not all just sunshine and daisies and, and fighting Nazis. Wow. Um, We're going to take a momentary pause and pick up where you left off with your six pages of notes that you got there. All right. Thank you. And we're back, Nikki. So take us away. We just had to, you know, stop to use the bathroom as we talk a long time, but go go for it. I got you. I mean, and those energy drinks are really going to make you move and groove. Um, so I, I would be remiss if I don't talk about it only because it is a theory that's posited. We are talking about revisionist history sometimes. Like when we look back in history, we always take it from our current perspective, which I kind of hate because that doesn't put things in context. But just to talk about the natural disaster theory, about, you know, this is destroyed. They were destroyed by a natural disaster. First off, I don't buy that because otherwise the whole colony would have looked all completely screwed up and messed up and it wouldn't have looked as neat as it was taken down. But talk about climate change and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, not that I don't believe climate does change. That's natural for the planet. But uh, area where it was originally founded is now prone to hurricanes and flooding. So, I mean, even more so now than it was then. So it's... Is there a chance? Yes. However, why would the camp have looked so pristine other than it was taken down if it had been destroyed by these natural Right. Disasters? If a hurricane happened and it flooded the area where everything was built up, essentially there would have been like posts in the ground that some, or they would have found stuff. Not Maybe if everything got flooded and washed away, they would have found things floating in the ocean on the way there. On his third trip, or, or his, his trip back, rather, after the three-year uh, span, they would have found things in the forest. Something. You know, like we, Joey and I have said on a lot of episodes, if there was a massive destruction or people robbed a certain area of historical purpose, something would have been found. Nothing was found. It was as if that colony never existed. Listen, I can't do impersonations as well as you can, but I know of someone who would argue that point because the Egyptians' tools for making the pyramids just disappeared, mm-hmm. right, with the Romans. And maybe the Ro- the, the, the Roanoke colony's tools. And well, you were- see, yeah, this is the angry history geek. <laughs> what happened was the Egyptians had nothing to do with anything. It was the Rome. Okay, let me stop. So did the Romans come and take the Roanoke people too? I think that's what happened. I, 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 I don't know about that, but... If there was some kind of natural disaster, undoubtedly something would have been found and it would have been, I mean, back then 
people know of, of rainstorms and, and I'm assuming earthquakes, Native Americans probably felt the earth rumble and, and, and said it was one of the gods, but they would have found something. But Correct. Well, what's interesting, like I said, um, the, the tribes that we're talking about in the area, uh, specifically the Croatoans, they kind of believed in one god and there were multiple like lower, lesser gods, but there was one all powerful god and they believed in a heaven. Like you went with that god or you would burn like fire like by the, where the sun sets. And it it's kind of goes along with the process, which makes me think that they would get along with the English at the time who were Protestant uh, for the most part. Um, but who knows? Those tribes that destroyed the Croatoans and the people in that area, the tribes that were in that area, the tribes that came up and that were more violent, um, they may have been different beliefs. That I didn't look into too much, but I found it interesting um, for the religious aspect. And I'll get into that with my second theory in a little bit. I did, remember I mentioned... Um, there was an author and his name was William uh, Strait Strakey. And um, in 1612, he wrote the history of travel into Virginia, Britannia. William's a great name, by the way. It is a fantastic name. Um, so this man, 1612, wrote about seeing seven English captives with the Eno settlement of Ritanak. Okay, now this is a different Native American tribe, the Eno, the Eno. Um, seven. Remember I told you I told about these seven. These are seven captives, four men, two boys, and one female. Uh, they had fled from the massacre perpet- uh, perp- perpetrated by the Powhatan along the Chowan River, which is a getting away from the Croatoan area and going further down. Um, and now this leads to the connection that you wanted to bring up before, which are the Dare Stones. Now, Virginia Dare um, was the, or Virginia White, I'm sorry, I should say, Eleanor White Dare was the daughter of John White. Virginia Dare was the granddaughter, the first British citizen born in uh, North America. Going into married name now. Right. So Virginia Dare would be the child, uh, the grandchild of John White, daughter of Eleanor Dare. Uh, Virginia Dare is actually, they named a bridge after her. Virginia is not named after her. Virginia was actually named after the queen. And that was Sir Raleigh who wanted to name it after the Virgin Queen, Elizabeth I, as you called me before. Now, they found a stone. There was a man and his name was Lewis Hammond. And he found a stone in the river. And they, he, he couldn't specify exactly where, even when he brought back people from Emory College, he couldn't specify exactly where. Um, but he found a stone. And on the stone was a carving and it was a message uh, with more or less talking about exactly what happened to the tribe that they had, uh, rather the colonists, they had left. And then there was one night, um, the Native Americans were fine with them. And then all of a sudden they came back as if possessed by some supernatural creature or some supernatural feeling and slaughtered all save seven. And I go back to the seven because these are the seven that, William writes about in 1612. These are the seven um, that are are coincided with the stone, right? These are the seven that remained. Four men, two boys, and just um, Eleanor White Dare, who was, again, the daughter of John White, are the only seven who, who have survived. I thought the daughter and the father, which her, her husband, I thought they died and she remained. Now, the granddaughter was slaughtered along with the husband and most of the colonists. Right. There was four men, two boys. They weren't named in, in the stone. They weren't named in the in the research I could do. Maybe if I read the actual uh, history of uh, 
of my travel into Virginia, Britannia, I might have seen it. Um, but supposedly, allegedly, this is Eleanor, who is the one female survivor. Now, the reason that they say that this may be legitimate, and I'll go into that in a, I'll go, actually, I'll go into that in a minute. There are 47 other stones, or 48. And for the longest time, they thought these stones were real. There was a man by the name of Bill Eberhard uh, who brought these to a college and um, he kept bringing them. He kept finding these stones that kind of coincided. Let me backtrack. Okay. When the initial stone was found. Yes. Okay. By. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Where did I write his name? Lewis Hammond. Lewis Hammond. Right. Now, this is from my studies. Lewis Hammond. I just, the name, forgot a lot of names. Lewis brought it to a college professor who instantly saw this and was like, holy shit, you got something here, right? At the time, there was a recession. The recession was going on, right? Right, because early, I think this is the early 30s, late 20s. Yes. He ended up, this professor, putting a reward of $500 for anyone that can come up with more evidence to the disappearance of Roanoke and what happened with John White, his family, and everyone else that was left. $500 at that time was like 10000 or 100000 I got the numbers mixed up. It was substantial at that time period, $500. Now, when you put a price or reward for something, right? You are going to have people coming with something eventually. And the chances of it being legitimate is very, very skeptic, skeptical. Like it's not going to be, there's a, there's a reward now. Right. Like people will, will watch the news and they'll be like crime stoppers and be like, if you find John Smith or any information that can lead to this crime, you'll get a thousand dollars. And people will just bullshit a call in hopes to receive the money, mm-hmm. right? So this is what happened at that point. Correct. So now Bill Eberhardt, smart guy. I mean, he was legitimately smart because what he did was he aged these stones using chemicals. And he gets caught because he wants more money and he gets greedy, as most people who get caught do. They get greedy. And he tries to sell this 48th stone. The professor won't buy it. At this point, he's kind of caught on. Calls the guy's mother. Or wife. I'm not sure if I remember if it's wife or the mother, but he gets somebody from his family to come to the cave. When they get to the cave, they find like this acid which he had used to age these stones to kind of match the original Virginia Dare stone. And uh, the reason that that was is that's that's how smart he was. This is a guy who knows his chemistry. Um, and the but the the topography was just a little too perfect. Like the the etching in was a little too perfect, and that's where they were starting to catch on. And then they started so running he got tests. Slo- so he got sloppy by being very unsloppy. Right. By being too neat and by being too greedy, he got himself busted. And so they still have these stones, mind you, in this college. They, don't just, they just don't display them anymore. They're like in an attic somewhere. They, they won't get rid of them because they keep them if anybody ever wants to run tests on them to show. you know. Um, but the first stone, which they have tried to disprove. And in fact, they did have a theory that was basically it was talked about by the scientific community at large and they're like no we're throwing this out this stone you can't prove is illegitimate by your theory right because there was another you know 
theory that they were trying to connect it to the brass plate theory, which was basically the guy who brought it, uh, Lewis Hammond. He was so smart that he knew how to age it and made sure it was the perfect rock. Yeah, but Lewis found it on a limb. He was out, not he was hunting, but not even hunting for, he was hunting for like berries or nuts or something. But then he disappeared. Mm. Then he disappeared. Now he's got a P.O. box that they make some contact with him, but nobody's ever seen him again. Which is, goes along with the story of disappearances. Okay. So anyway, that he finds this rock. It's carved by Elizabeth White. And again, it talks about um, what happened to the colonists. Now they, they attribute it to Elizabeth White, Dare, because she was from a well-off family. Obviously she's the daughter of John White, so there must be some money there. She must have probably, the chances are she was probably an educated person. So this particular stone, the core of this stone would mean that it would hold the etching. And if she didn't do it right and how it was set, like it was set in the English setting of the time using certain numerals from Roman numerals and Latin that were attributed to English writing at the time. And if she didn't know her chemistry or the rock itself, that it would A, hold the etching and B, how she would have to write in it. Because if she went too deep on it, it would crack. If she went the wrong way, it would crack. If the lines were too perfect, she would ruin this stone. So someone educated and who knew it would have had to written it. So this is why they kind of feel like there's some legitimacy here. It talks about, again, it goes back to coinciding with this, um, this writing from 1612 that there were seven people left. Um, and that's, that's what really trips him up. Now, multiple experts have, have tried to get it, but they've, they've, like I said, they've, they've knocked this out. Now here's, here's my second theory. I talked to you about the hat man in the first theory. Now it's kind of along the same lines. Now violence follows this place and this word we took, but I, I mentioned Croton curse is something I came up with, but all but seven people are being killed. Now we know You've talked about it in the past. You've had Bible conversations. You've had number conversations. uh, Numerology is a big thing. Joey, I know you've mentioned that you like, you know, when you look at numerology, seven's a pretty mystical number. All right. Seven's a lucky number for a lot of cultures and a lot of societies. And these stories matching up is a little too perfect. But Here's where my second theory comes in, right? These, these Native Americans, they leave. They seem like they're, they're fine. And then they realize that these are Croatoans, or rather these are Roanoke colonists. And they come back with the supernatural anger and the supernatural hatred. And I know that I'm biased a little bit and colored a little bit by how I originally got really into this, which was that supernatural episode where it was a virus. But what if this is some kind of pathogen in that area? Okay, and these seven people are just immune. And that's why they're not affected. They don't go crazy. They don't get destroyed. They don't die. These seven people were immune and being used as kind of a ward off to everybody else. Like once you knew who these were, you were not going near them. And these were still kept, they were still kept captive. So I don't know. I just, that was another theory that popped into my head. Well, Native Americans... You know, down down in South America, they have ayahuasca, right? Is it South America where the ayahuasca is? They have these herbs and plants that they smoke, they drink, they they uh, ingest it and find ways to use this psychedelics. And I don't know in the United States 
what type of plants will make you trip balls. But mushrooms. Yeah, mushrooms and but I could tell you this that if the Native Americans, which live completely off the land, were fine with the settlers at one moment and then went back into the forest and ate shrooms or smoked something and got into a rage, it's very probable that they could come back and do very aggressive things. So that's the only thing I can come up with with, with, with that theory. Now, remember, that's true. You could, you could go there. But remember, these are not the same Native Americans that were like indigenous. And, I, and I'll say indigenous because how would I know? I'm not, I'm not a history buff in that extent. Um, these are not the same ones that we're talking about that they made initial contact with the English, right? Like when you think about a virus, and this is why I want to like debate a virus for a second. When you think about a virus, eventually you develop antibodies, right? Through exposure. Oh, no. ah. <laughs> so, I'm just going to shut my mouth, but go ahead. <laughs> Typically, with a regular old virus, you develop antibodies through exposure. With all viruses. But okay. go ahead, yes. Yes, I, I know. I just don't want to put you on the spot with that. So, Joe's smirking over there. He's just like, don't start him off, Nick. Whatever you do, because we're going pretty good tonight. We, we, listen. I don't want to have to do another recording. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. We don't want to have to do another recording at the end of this. Well, see, that's why I'm just talking about typical viruses, okay, and pathogens. But we do know that the the colonists, the Europeans brought over with the pathogens that the natives had never experienced. That's like fact. Like we accept that as fact because different parts of the world have different plants and different fungi and different bacteria that are just going to be not natural to be in different locations, right? It has to be brought. Think of these stupid lanternflies that we have to deal with all the time now, right? They, they weren't indigenous to this country, but they're an invasive species, right? They were from China. I knew you were going to say that. Uh, <laughs> they were, though. They, they are. They are. This is true. So, um, but now, like, the, the Native Americans that they slaughtered, these were the ones that were around these English settlers for years and years and years, for over a couple of decades here. So maybe at some point, 20 years, a long time to be exposed to a virus, you develop some immunity to it even if the virus is only like affecting you ever seen the movie the happening yeah. and like Joey, Joey, joey's yeah, yeah, yeah the the mark Wahlberg movie right so what happens Wait, they release these Wahlberg was in an m night Shyamalan? yes yep. mm-hmm. so so apparently like the world is in bad shape and when the world gets hits like critical mass plants are like somewhat intelligent and they can like speak with one another and they and release the whole, this kind of virus the whole present uh premise of the movie is that they release some kind of pathogen into the air that makes people suicidal. Right. Makes them hyperviolent and first towards each other and then towards themselves. Like as you get smaller and smaller groups, then it becomes like you're going to kill yourself. You and basically- you know, you know where that came from, right? There, there's actually, um, there's a, a pathogen that rabbits, I think, I don't know how it works exactly. Is this the zombie ant pathogen you're going to bring up? Yes. So it's like, a fungus. It's the so there's a fungus that that ants eat, but the ants eat it in like the in the rabbit's poop or some shit like that, and then eventually uh. the the pathogen, <laughs> right? You the, said rabbit poop and shit at the same time. Yeah. Just saying, in case that went over your head, Billy. <laughs> so, um. The ants, it's kind of like a vicious cycle, right? So the ants eventually become um, suicidal to a degree. They'll go to the, they'll go up on top of blades of grass and they'll stay on the tops of blades of grass so that the rabbits can eat them again. 
and hence the cycle of the rabbit. Oh no, that's a oh, different virus then. Go ahead, keep yeah, going. So the, the like it it essentially makes them do exactly what they were doing in the movie. Or to a degree, right? Like it's it's Stop. the fu- it's There's the no more desire tri- for self preservation. No no more self preservation. The only thing that's self preserving itself is or the virus is the virus, right? right. Like so, and in, in that case, it's not a virus. It's just like a pathogen of a fungus. So, and our and our brains are chemicals, right? And it's now, like a, it's like that fucking HBO movie that just or the HBO show, show Last of Us, the game, the Last yeah. of Us, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So, like, go ahead. Real, real quick, there's um, there, and the, and the only reason I'm mentioning this is because there's these videos, and this goes back a couple episodes, something that Joey and I were talking about about trending videos and taking away from actual paranormal things. So there's a a disease out there that affects deer. And it's called chronic wasting disease, CWD. And there's videos out there of deer eating like rabbits or birds and acting like crazy, which make people believe like, oh, it's a skinwalker. You know, it's, it's, it's shape-shifting into a deer. And it's basically, it's a prison disease that affects deer, elk, reindeer, silk, deer, and moose. It's been found in some areas of North America, including Canada and the United States. If you say North Carolina, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, it may take over a year before an infected animal develops symptoms, which can include drastic weight loss, stumbling, listlessness, and other neurological symptoms. CWD can affect animals of all ages, and some infect animals and infected animals may die without ever developing the disease. Uh, CWD is fatal to animals, and there's no treatments or vaccines. Um, and I'm trying to actually read on how they get it. Um, CWD poses a risk certain types of non-human primates like monkeys that eat meat from CWD infected animals or come in contact with brain or body fluids from the infected. So it's like a fucking zombie virus. These studies raise concerns that there may also be risk to people. Since 1997, the World Health Organization has recommended that it is important to keep the agents of all known prior uh, prior diseases from entering the human food chain. Now I don't know how they get it, but it makes these these deer and elk like do crazy thing, and one of them is like eating things they're not supposed to be eating. So, so now like just to that end, right? Like if there's a virus that comes over the Europeans. And it affects, maybe it just even affects the animals. And the natives are hunting the animals and they eat the animals and they're not immune to this, except for the natives that have been around for 20, 50, you know, 20, 30 years around these Europeans and kind of developed a, an immunity, not an immunity, but at least a group immunity to it, right? And um, then you get these warring tribes that come up and they don't have this immunity. Just being around these people could be spreading this pathogen, right? Like you, you could be a carrier, and not know it and not have any symptoms. You just said you could walk around for a year and not know it, right? Well, so, the animals could in well, this particular disease. Maybe. CWD. Maybe these things are going through the animals that are still there and there's no immunity in the animals. And these Native Americans who have never experienced this eat the damn thing when they go into the, in the forest and they come back mm-hmm. and they go nuts and they go after this. You know, there's that theory or we can go back to the theory of eight, of the hat man where he's kind of like involved or, or whatever and, and, you know, summoning this Croatoan curse. But if it is a virus and it does affect them and then these people are immune or they're not even carriers, then this is why the NO tribe takes them in because now these are like their shield and they're also their totem. Like, hey, don't mess with our tribe. Look what we have. Look what we did. We subjugated these colonists. They are ours. 
They aren't. We we have them. They're not affecting us. So you better not mess with us. Like especially, you know, when you talk about pre-technological ages, like word of mouth. Even now, word of mouth is phenomenal for spreading words, right? And for spreading rumors and, and you know, technology spreads it faster, but word of mouth would be the way that things would spread. And so, well, these Native American tribes, they may not all speak the same language, but they have the general idea and gist of what's going on. So if they hear of this thing going on, whatever you want to call it, a virus, a curse, a, a, a demonic, whatever, and they know it's from this colony, from this area, like, hey, they're going to avoid it, the people that are around, Right, that have been around for years, but these warring people, they, maybe they don't know, or they don't give them time to. They don't ask questions; they just kind of shoot first. Obviously, not with gun, but shoot first, ask questions after. Right? There's nobody to ask questions of, then you're infected. So, because you don't have the ability to know that there's something infecting you. I mean, it's just wild to think about all these things that could potentially have done it. I I personally like the fact that there's so much coincidence behind it. I like the number seven. It's a big numerology number it's 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 one of those you know like 40 and and three and the fact 13 13 and the fact again the fact again that you're talking about um this 200 years after okay we're still talking about it it's just wild drives me it drives me nuts well the reason that it's still you know the reason we still talk about it is mystery fascinates people, right? Um, growing up, things that fascinated me that were mysterious because things were going missing. Like the Bermuda Triangle, right? Fascinating. Where where are these planes going? Why is it happening, right? Things that we can't find. Uh, so yeah, the Bermuda, for me, Bermuda Triangle, the El Dorado, Atlantis. Um, those are the things that were like mysterious because... Things are disappearing, and where where is it? Is it folklore? Is it a legend? Is it something that's historically fact? And the thing about Roanoke is is that it's in his diary, John White, that he was there, he left, he came back, and it was gone. And the only valuable piece of evidence besides from the, besides from the diary was this dare stone, the one, the only one that to for 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 now or to this day is the only stone out of the other 47 that is undoubtedly hey this is factual this is something we got something here and it leads to the next so you have two steps of mystery you have john white's diary where did everything go you know and then the the dare stone so you have two pieces that okay they did leave they did go somewhere but where and what what had happened to them so the mystery of not knowing what exactly happened and the significance of the, the crow etched onto the timber and crow toa is, is the mystery that makes people want to investigate. And to this day, people actively are looking for what happened. So mystery intrigues people. Like Joey's, Joey's thing is the pyramids, right? How they were built. Was it an ancient civilization that was more advanced? Was it aliens? Was it an, uh, um, the Anunnaki? Right, star people, maybe not aliens, but other beings from out of space that were actually people. You know, that's something that intrigues him. To me, my thing that intrigues me. Are you talking about the non-human biologicals? Yes, the Anunnaki. Yes, okay. and then just, you go, just so we go with the Neil. Then Neil you go into well, fuck him, and now, and then you then you. For me, that intrigues me is why I started the podcast was 
the paranormal as a whole, ghosts and aliens and cryptids and things like that fascinates people because people see these things, but you know, there's very little evidence or, or one piece of evidence like the dare stone is one piece of evidence that it's undoubtable. Something was caught on camera. Something was caught in this photo and we know it's real. Like the Lake Champlain monster, the area has a do not hunt, do not catch like contract in the air law that they, if this is spotted again, because there's so many reports of it actually being there so much so that Kodak got involved with the first photo taken by this woman many years ago and went to the negative and the photo and came to the conclusion that this photo was undoubtedly un untampered with. And there is something in the water. So like, that's a mystery because there's only been one, piece of evidence that was undoubtable and there's laws to that to that lake lake champlain that you can't hunt this animal you can't do anything to the animal the the power of mystery intrigues people and if there's still a mystery out there to be had people are going to research and and that's almost what we do every every monday when we come to the studio to record we talk about mysterious things or conspiracies because it intrigues us to keep on talking about and in North Carolina, there's people that will go venturing to Roanoke Island and try to retrace the steps from Roanoke all the way to where the first dare stone was, was discovered in hopes to potentially find another dare stone or another piece of evidence that will lead them to solving the mystery of Roanoke. And if you watch um, the best show out there that can basically correlate with this episode is Expedition Unknown with Josh Gates. Every week, I think he's got like 13, 14 seasons now. Every week, Josh Gates goes into a mystery where they go to some place that's already been archaeologically uncovered, but they're finding more things, or going on missions to find something that hasn't been found. Um, and like I said, mystery will in continue to intrigue people. And Roanoke is something that they thought they were going to be like, okay, case closed. We found these dare stones. We know that they moved to another colony and people died and this is what happened. But then when the dare stones were debunked because the guy wanted more money and greed took over, he would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those dastardly kids and that, that dog. But, you know, it got debunked and now there's only one dare stone and the diary of John White and a mystery at hand. And everything we talked about today, which connected certain things that were pretty eyebrow raising, as to say the least. Yep. I mean, uh, I don't want to go too much more, but there you, you just brought up a couple of points and like they're triggering some things that I just I, I read about them and they kind of went along with a lot of what I was saying. And I thought they were redundant. But so to your point where they thought maybe this split, there was also evidence. There was also evidence that. um they found stone walls with Native Americans that matched up with what was in Roanoke. There was um, the fact that there is now 2018, there was some some pottery found. They're like, oh, we solved it. But the scientific community at large is like, no, they're trying to prove their theory. And, you know, I know you guys do this a lot. You try and go back and, and disprove to be on the skeptic side until you can't disprove. Well, the scientific community at large is like, well, why are you trying to prove a theory when in general scientific exploration is to try and disprove until you can't. And so like these pieces that they figured out that they know what the answer is, they fit too nicely 
And so they kind of were like, well, no, this is really not a good scientific exploration. And so the mystery isn't solved yet. So they go back and forth with each other. And then we have Joey, who we have findings, but they don't make sense. So now we're actually trying to contradict or disprove findings now. Right, Joey? For sure. Like the pyramids. Joey, Joey, we could do an episode every week about... There's, there's always something new. There's always something new over there to talk about. Like, I'm going to say this and pass it over to Joey. And we mentioned it not too long ago, right? There's still a mystery. Actually, we mentioned it last week. There's still a mystery of Puma Punku. Yeah. And we, we haven't really, like, we haven't done an episode on that. We just talk about it. To. Yeah. Because you can get in-depth about that. It's kind of crazy. Maybe before we kick off the uh, Halloween season, we'll do a, a whole episode on, on Puma Punko. And I'm going to put Joey's pretty face on the Instagram page and say <laughs> this episode will be done entirely by Joe Ayala. Or we could do uh, Planet X and the Anunnaki. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. Whatever you want to do. Matter of fact, I'm updating the website this week. So we have um, next week, we have an episode. And then we have the first week of September. And then after that, Straight spooky season, as promised to the Swab Podcast listeners and followers. So, we got two weeks to play around with, and Joey, I'll I'll, I'll let you pick, man. Yeah, we I got some ideas. We there's some there's some good ones. Yep. So, um, one more thing, you know, you mentioned it, and like that there's coincidence, and that there's things that we want to know, and we it's a mystery to us because we really really want it, like. I'm going to go back to John White. He really wanted to come back. Like, he didn't want to leave in the first place because he didn't want to lose his shit. That's really, legitimately, I don't think he cared so much about his family. He cared about his shit. Like, this is yeah, a rich and guy. Here, and here's the thing. There's a lot of people who are like, and I and I looked it up. You guys were talking. I didn't want to interrupt. But you were making some good points. Um, North Carolina is super rich in gold, zinc, iron, everything. I just iron, was just zinc, iron. It just iron. just everything, right? So and and they probably discovered some of that while they were over there on an expedition, and you realize like, let's set up a colony so I could mine this shit, bring it back, and I'm gonna be one of the richest people in fucking England, right? Like this is what people think. He's like, I'm gonna, and who's who's better to bring than your family, right? Like, right. and your friends. Well, These are like his also, friends. You got to be some them. kind of nut job to know, like, hey, there's natives. We don't know if they're hostile or if they're friendly or We've established some kind of relationship with them, but you don't know how that's going to pan out. Here's right? another like, thing to piggyback off what you just said. You know, I'm when, when, when you're in England and is you're very loyal to your queen, right? We, we seen when this queen just passed away, how many people turned out for this woman who lived 200 years, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, well, no, I'm just joking. We but believe in lizard people. There's people that, that are genuinely there, they're, Loyalty is to Queen, right? God save the Queen and all that fun stuff, right? So maybe John White knew there was gold there and knew that there was a turmoil be happening between the Spaniards, right, and, and England. And what Joey said, hey, there's gold here. I'm going to fucking come back, get all this gold and go back over to England and give it to the Queen so that they have money to fund the war that's well, when he got there, it was like full on, like it's going to happen. But at the time when he came, you know, the first time before making the venture back, hey, there's gold here. I'm going to bring gold back to England and they're going to have money to build and do things for the war. Yeah, I mean, 100% right. And and I think that you have to be like a little, I don't know, like sociopathic to take your family. Like, do you not care? Like... You're you're bringing them into into the wilderness, like you, you, 
you go from civilization, from having the comfort of a home and, and markets and just the safety of doctors and et cetera, and you're going to try and uproot all that and bring as much of it as you can over to another, you know, continent. And it, it's just a wild thought. And to not know, like, he had to go back, right? Like, you f you fucked up. You miscalculated somewhere because you guys didn't have enough supplies. You realize, like, oh, shit, we're, we're not going to last through the winter if we if we keep going by this rate. We got here too late. We didn't we didn't put enough seed in the ground. We didn't grow enough things. Now we're now we're screwed. Why wouldn't you? My thing is like, you got to take everybody back, bro. Because there is the possibility that something happens to you, and the message never gets across the pond, and now your family's stranded over there. Well, what he did, which was messed up, was undoubtedly he just he just left. He should have took his. And that's what I'm saying. He didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he, he didn't. Just, care. He just he, did he not care about took his, his family. He There's should. No he should have took his daughter. He should have took. But you're saying that he was rushed and he had. To well, leave. one, he was rushed. Two, you got a brand new granddaughter and a daughter that just gave birth. Now we're talking about like 1500s, where medicine is not where it is now. So it's probably more dangerous. And I'm not saying that he really had their best interests at heart, but it's probably more dangerous to put, put them, them on a boat. boat. Yeah. When sea travel is is more treacherous. Right. Than and just they knew they there. knew how long it took to get back. It took it they right, said, it was gonna be a few months. They said somewhere in the ballpark, which is mind blowing to even think you're on the water for three months. Because obviously boats were different back then than it is now. Now it, it could take a few days. Like a a, a a day and a half, two days to get from, you know, Miami to to England. Dude, or, that's mind blowing. Or, the boats that we have out the smallest cruise ship is bigger than yeah, the Titanic. So, so like, it took them three months to get from England to the Newfoundland. You know, so Nick is right in that in that sense where it, you know you know probably not in your best interest to take a, a a newborn back on the boat and be on the boat for that long. Plus, you don't know how much supplies came off the boat that they had to take the boat back over. If they're not, if you don't have stuff here now and you're you're shit out of luck. Yeah, for three months, you're going to be starving on that boat before you even get there. Right. Yeah, and that, here's, that makes sense. here's an argument to be said where smart does not At, at least educated. on land, on land, they can hunt. So yeah, they there's that. Chance. Right. And this is, this is an argument where educated does not, I said it wrong, but educated does not necessarily mean smart. Like he, obviously he's an educated guy, but he was there on the first failed attempt where they were short on supplies. He knew about the second failed attempt where they were short on supplies. So you would think maybe the third one, I think what happened though on the third one, I think he did bring more and I think some ships went down on the way there. So they did lose some supplies on the way there, but you would think that he would know better. Um, especially when they found, like I said, you found these, these bleached bones, right? This is, this is how we started things where they found these bleached bones and you know, he did care about them at least to the extent of he spent a lot of time trying to find or trying to get himself there three years, trying to get himself back, whether that was for his shit or his family, who knows? But then when he did kind of have an idea where they were, he wanted to go. It wasn't like he was like, no, I don't want to go. The ships he had, um, uh, whatever you would call it, where he had hired them. It's not the right word. But the ships that he had gotten to bring him there, they're like, no, no, screw you. We're going to go and we're going to go be privateers and make money. Because again, greed rules the human mind. And gold, iron, whatever, for him, gold for these ship captains. So... But it, it was interesting. There was just so many things that kept popping up to keep him away. There's just so many things that could go wrong. And to bring your family there is just like, it's one thing if you go there and be like, hey, I'm going to spend like five, six years away from you guys. I'm in an attempt to make us rich. 
but to just be like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna colonize over there. We're gonna stay there. That's a good. That's a wild, wild. Yeah, there's no that, infrastructure. There's no anything. There's no. There's nobody over there but you. You know, something and, that and then, rings and then natives. So like, something that rings a bell to me is that they were coming over here. That in my head. Things must have been not that great in England. Nah, they, for, they, it must have been terrible. For 100%. you to for you to want to go on a boat and colonize in a completely different land and start over when you already had shit going on over there, it must have been pretty bad. So maybe the rule of Queen yeah. Elizabeth I wasn't that great for them to want to come over here. Although she gave them the okay to, you know, hey, you're going to go over there. And when you find that land, that's going to be our land, you know, and essentially yeah, this is, this what, what brings us to the, to the, the start of, you know. There's also something to be said of like, you're you're okay. You're in the group there. You're a king over here. That's true. Uh, quick question, being that we're on this whole uh, people disappearing if they're of English descent. I mentioned I'm part Native American, right? Supposedly. I don't know how truthful my dad is to that or, or me, you know, whatever. But I know for a fact, not only am I Italian, but I'm actually part British too. <laughs> so you're all, you're all fucked up. So now, so that's it's a little weird there. Native American, British at the same time. Don't so, write Croatoan. If down. I write Croatoan, does I, do I get half the crow or do I get Toan? What do I get? <laughs> you're gonna get Toan. My, toed my grandmother, who I, I only met once, was was British. You know, so just put it out there. So maybe I'll write Croatoan before I go to bed and wake up in like the netherworld. Listen, I, I'm I'm there with you as far as the British part. I've got some British heritage, but I've also got some Irish heritage, so like I can grow my own stuff. I'm not worried about like You got the red hair too. That's Italian, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, it's, it's Italian red. Um I'm a mutt, but the the red is actually Italian. This the red that I have. Um but yeah, I wouldn't write Croatone down if I were you. Like when you're like seventy eight years old and you're delirious and you write it down, that's one thing. I wouldn't do it now. I would not chance it. So because we're coming towards the end of the episode now. Let's so let's. What's the consensus to Roanoke? It's definitely an actual factual thing, right? Are we talking about it's it's factual? That it's they, factually historical stuff. They created a colony. It disappeared. They don't know what happened to it. And as far as I'm concerned, there's just way too many loose ends. And I like to view things from the the logical side. You know that the few times I've been on here, I will always out live that there is a chance but i like to live in in uh, reality as much as possible and when i say reality i mean like the logic of things there's just too much there's just too many coincidences for me to say like there isn't something else there that we're missing and whether it's the supernatural aspect and i mean there's a lot to say that it could be if that book is factual with all the connecting the dots to amelia Earhart, black bart there is a paranormal aspect to Roanoke. If that book, if you can come back to me and text me and say, I found the book. Oh, it's sitting on my steps. Yeah, no, and give me some, some, and we can, and me and Joey and you can go tonight, which after the episode, no one's going to be like, fuck this podcast after tonight, right? <laughs> when you get home, like, but I'm just saying, like, at some point during the week, we find, yeah, Amelia Earhart did write Croton on her plane on the yeah, right. That'd be definitively. That would be definitive to the answer that something paranormal, supernatural, did in fact happen with people connected to English lineage and things or, like that, or North Carolina, or both, or nor yeah, or both. So, but there, there would if if that was found in definitively, that would be supernatural. You sure you want to go visit North Carolina now? <sighs> you know, there's some talks of moving to North Carolina, and and if I think if I make the move now, 
I'm fucked. <laughs> well, it's been an interesting run for the Say What Again Billy podcast, but Billy's been missing. Also, North Carolina has its fair share of, of weird shit that happens there. There's this thing called the Devil's Circle that's been featured on um, tons of paranormal shows and stories. My, my parents go there every year now, um, and they, they said that they can't even get onto the property. So I don't know how the people that filmed got the video footage, but there's a ring of the Devil's Ring where no vegetation grows around it no more. And there's weird things that are sighted when you video or you take a photo around there. Um, those supernatural happenings. There is a ton of uh, plantations that are still in North America that are said to be haunted. There's a lot of weird stuff that happened in North Carolina. Um, not to mention, of course, North Carolina is one of the states with the highest Bigfoot sightings, which I don't really talk much about Bigfoot anymore because uh, it's just redundant at this point. So, but you do talk a lot about, and you said it in a few episodes and I'll bring it up. You talk about how much land we have in this country that is still unexplored. 700 million or 700,000 like miles of, of, I forget if it's millions or thousands, millions sounds about right, but there's so much forest out there. You just think about Oregon, North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, South Dakota, and this, the state of Washington that, there's terrain out there that has not been touched, which is crazy to say in 2023 that, that there's forest that hasn't been touched or even walked on. So for people to say that we know of, that we know of, that we found this and there's nothing else out there, you know, let's, let's take space out of the equation that there's, you know, there's no Bigfoot. There's no um, Fresno night crawlers. There's no, Lizard people, there's no Bigfoot, there's no um, skunk ape, there's no chupacabra, there's, come on, there's got to be things that we don't know about. Are they cryptid or paranormal in nature? That could be up for debate. But there probably are things that we don't know about. And there's undoubtedly historical happenings that happen that we don't know the answers to. Like Roanoke, which is still to this day in 2023, a mystery. Oh, it's definitive. I, I think maybe it wasn't a mystery then, but with all the stuff that's come out since, and I don't even mean the book that kind of centered it. I mean, just all the evidence, the preponderance of it makes it something worth our time and our theories and our discussions and our explorations. Now, I do have one more mysterious thing to pop up. It's, it's a mystery that we don't know if it's going to be answered yet. Um, and that is if Joey will ever be able to do the Spotify for podcasters, thank you at the end of the episode. <laughs> if you had, no, it's not happening. <laughs> well, if this whole episode was very good. So I want to thank Nick for coming on today. Nikki. Thanks for having me again, Bill. Joe. Thank you. So before I formally say thank you to Nick, this whole episode about Roanoke was made possible by Spotify for podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters is the free app that allows you to get your podcast idea out, out there. there. <laughs> and it is free of charge. If you have a phone, tablet, or computer, download Spotify for Podcasters to get your podcast idea out there and start a podcast like the Say What Again Billy podcast. Nikki, again, thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me, Billy. For the Anytime. Historical insight. It was marvelous. Came prepared. Now it was a very good historical. I like doing these historical episodes because we people, connected some dots. Honestly, yeah, no, that that was pretty good. If he didn't come, on, we wouldn't we wouldn't have had all those little connections. Well, before we 
actually air the episode off. I wanted to say if it's okay with Nick, because we're going to have his answer on recording. Uh, I wanted to add Nick to the Say What Again, Billy podcast um, crew. Having you on for historical episodes, cryptus episodes, want to put your information on the website and have you labeled as the historical analysis slash writer of the Say What Again, Billy podcast. Do you agree? I concur. There you go. There we have it. So I'm going to get your info this week. Written in blood. Yes. It's going to, I'm going to get your, I got to get. You should have stopped that spider. We'd be dripping. I got to, I got to, I got to uh, get a headshot of you so I can add it to the webpage. Um, God, you want, you want the website to crash? And I'm going to, and your, your interest in the paranormal, like Joey has his, his, his picture is fucking gorgeous. Well, on I mean, there. nobody. And his bio that was not written by ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it out there. So I want to get that this week. I'm going to add you to the website um, while I upload the upcoming episodes for the coming week. So, Nick, I, I want to formally welcome you aboard to the podcast because I knew this kid was coming with fucking 17 sheets of loose leaf written in number two <laughs> pencils tonight. I knew it was happening. So, I, you know, that, that doesn't that doesn't go overlooked. And it's 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 very good to have these episodes where someone's coming in here with like historical fact and you know because me and Joey I'm not saying we're dumb I'm dumb Joey's I just dumb. I just keep web pages open on the, on the- <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joey's not dumb but like you know everybody has a forte when it comes to like you know podcasts and stuff like that Joey has the historics and the 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 theories from ancient Egypt and things like Puma Punku and stuff like that. And you go in depth to research things historically. You research the whole cryptid thing where we will talk about native Americans at that episode. And this, so that's a, that's a, a, a trait that we as a whole, because I consider this podcast an ever growing family in hopes to get bigger and better and continue that, you know, that's something that we want, you know what I'm saying? So welcome aboard. Welcome Nick. Listen, I want to get this in there because I don't think I've dropped the, the F-bomb in any of your episodes yet, but yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. There you go. Welcome aboard. And Joey, thanks for coming back, buddy. Yes, sir. You are a bright eye, a twinkle <laughs> in my eye. I can't wait. Save to, my life tonight. So. I can't wait to uh, air the Sleepy Hollow episode and do more videos and include Nick and everything. So thank you again to Spotify. And thank you to all the listeners and followers. And you can get the episodes that are coming up. SWABpodcast.com is the website where you will see Joey, I, and now Nick coming this week. And the upcoming episodes, you click there. There's a link tree that takes you to all the outlets for the Say What Again Billy podcast. Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, SWAB underscore podcast. So just head over to SWABpodcast.com. Click the link tree to listen to episodes and go to other social media outlets that we are on. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again Crotonin podcast. <laughs> <laughs>